Well, praise God. I uh, changed my message title, or my whole message actually, uh, just because my wife and I had a time of uh, prayer. And in our time of prayer, uh, we were, well, we had a couple times of prayer today, but there was one time when we actually were able to call uh, a sister to see how she was doing. And she couldn't talk because she's on a ventilator, you know, and, and she's on her last perhaps hours. We talked to her husband, Don, and he was able to, uh, she's died of cancer and it spread from breast to, you know, other organs. And uh, really, really heartbreaking. We love this, dear sister. I remember they had a Christian television program uh, probably 25 years ago or more. They invited me on uh, more than once and I got to know them. And they just had an excitement and a, a fire for Jesus, you know. And I got to know them because they started eventually coming to Blessed Hope Chapel. And when they came to Blessed Hope Chapel, uh, wherever I saw them, whatever situation I saw them, they always had that same beautiful love for Jesus. And uh, it just hurts my heart just knowing that uh, I, I told her on the phone, at least I were able to talk to her. And he put her on speakerphone and he said she was nodding, you know, and if you know her, she's, uh, she was such a gracious, uh, God-fearing, Jesus-loving believer. And same with her husband, Don, you know. And he was talking about how the impact that her faith and who she is in the Lord had had on him. And they're one of those couples, when you see them together, they're always uh, it's like glued together in Christ, you know. So pray for Don, too. In fact, we're gonna, I changed my message because I thought, you know what? Uh, after I did a message a few weeks ago, and we're going to get into the text, we're going the scripture, it's going to be a little message still, but uh, I had a message a few weeks ago called, let's have a prayer meeting. And after that, I couldn't believe the feedback. So many people were like, let's do that again, you know? So the second part of this message will basically be uh, lifting some people up in prayer, uh, Sue and Lola and others. And I want to encourage you, uh, well, you're, if you're listening by live stream, I want to encourage you, go ahead. And if you have prayer requests, things that you're going through. Or things that you know somebody needs prayer for, a family member, a brother or sister in Christ, a friend, uh, somebody you know that's just going through some tragedy. Go ahead and put that down uh, because my wife will be monitoring, you know, she'll be on the uh, live stream and she'll be able to check that out. And she'll be able to, you know, uh, she and uh, a few of the others here, uh, uh, Jonathan, Diane as well, maybe could help her shout a few of those prayer requests out. And we'll cover them all because those other people that are on the live stream with you. We praise God for our live stream uh, community. Somebody, I think it was Tony or Chad, just told me uh, messages we had just recently. I think they said there was over like a thousand comments, you know, and that was just on our Facebook. We, we have also the YouTube audience and we have other audiences as well. And we thank all of you guys for being part of our family. Uh, but uh, go ahead and if you, if you want to put a prayer down, go ahead and put it in the Facebook area. And then you'll at least know, we'll pray for them collectively there's a, when you look at Jesus' high priestly prayer in John chapter 17, not long before he was crucified, he doesn't go into specific names and specific situations assigned as specific names. He prays for the church collectively, and that way he covers all the ground, right? So we'll cover everybody by covering all the ground and just praying for everybody collectively, but maybe some specific prayer requests can come out through people laying them down in live stream, or, uh, and everybody's seen them in live stream, please pray for the, make it part of your deal to, you know, to, to pray for the people's requests that are listed there. And that'd be awesome. And if you're listening by uh, YouTube or what have you, uh, feel free to do the same with the YouTube community of believers there. And whatever other, I, I hear we have like five different places this thing airs. So uh, 
It's awesome. And I know, and I had no idea. I knew, you know, we're reaching a lot of people because we get a lot of different, a lot of feedback. But, and I was just, I just found out, uh, I was, Tony was sharing with me just last week and Chad, uh, which, and praise God, I want to encourage you if you didn't hear my thank you last Sunday. Uh, our podcast, which we've been just doing a year, but we're doing, uh, besides 511 News, which is once a week, we're doing the four a week, which are now at 200. 50 times four, so a year, right? Makes you at 200. We just passed 200. And, uh, and it was neat because they gave me the news that out of the tens of thousands of live streams out there under faith and spirituality, which even includes occultists and new agers like Oprah Winfrey, uh, we were number 32 in the nation uh, and number 44 around the world. And that shows us that, wow, uh, and that's not going to be that every week. It was a good week, I suppose. Uh, but it just shows you that you guys are getting the word out. And that just didn't happen. That happens because a lot of you are sharing. So I'd encourage you to continue to share the messages. Uh, a lot of people get saved through you sharing with them and them hearing the gospel sometimes in a clear way for the first time. So we want to encourage you in that. And we want to encourage you, uh, when you, if you're on Facebook, go ahead and share messages often when you can because uh, that's a good way to get the word out. Now, I want to talk about a few things. Uh, today, and I just pray that you would open your heart. I had a message, a couple messages that I was working on for today. Actually, I'm doing a part two and a part three of, you know, why are we still here, right? Why in the world are we still here? And I did part one of that. But I gave three different reasons that I believe that the Lord has left us here and that we're not raptured yet. And I got into one of those uh, reasons. I want to say a little bit more about that, but I want to get into other two reasons as well, which will probably be two different messages. So I encourage you uh, to look forward to those. But, you know, I was getting close to done. I thought, you know what, Lord? Because it was just the, it's just the way it all worked out. And then this whole thing with uh, Sister Susan and her perhaps going to see the Lord as during while we're talking maybe or just a little bit later and the situation that a lot of people are facing, the crises and so forth. I thought, you know, let's have a prayer time. But let's also get a little perspective, a little bit of an update. So I just want to encourage you. This has been pretty, pretty weird, go, things going on, right? A lot of the uh, so-called red states have been opening up, you know, the more Republican. And I don't define myself as Republican or Democrat. I, I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, you know. But, I, but because I follow Jesus Christ and I see that he hates murder and he's against abortion, you know, and I see that he's for marriage, between heterosexual, you know, and that he creates two, male and female, to become one, and there's two sexes. I see there's a lot of contradictions in the world where just anything goes. So obviously I, es I eschew any idea that it's okay to murder babies in the womb, you know, to destroy marriage and what have you. But at the same time, that doesn't mean we agree with all the politics on one side or the other, but it's just kind of interesting how a lot of the blue state, so-called blue states, the, the liberal states have been honkering down still, you know, uh, to the point where it's crippling the economy. And I quoted a very popular liberal TV host for, well, Bill Maher, in one of our recent podcasts, you know, talking prior to the COVID thing going down, how, he, how he's more pro-death. He's not really pro-life, he's pro-death. And he'd like to see more of it and so forth. He's for euthanasia, he's for abortion and so forth. And I quoted him in another place where he sa said he'd love to see the economy tank, you know, just to get rid of Trump. He'd love to see the economy tank. And even if people have to suffer, you know, just to get rid of Trump, that would be great. Because guess what? These liberals want power, right? You know? And now, can you imagine how many of them are thinking like this right now and would love to see the economy not turn around, right? 
A lot of these guys don't want to, a lot of these liberals do not want to see things change. They would rather them, they'd rather wait till Trump in their hopes and minds would get voted out of office, you know, so many months from now. And then things change, okay? In the meantime, sadly, not all of them, okay? I don't want to mischaracterize and, and say it's the way everybody is that's liberal. That by no means, there's many, many people that are liberal that would love to get out of their houses, would love to get back to work, would love to see the economy take off again. But there are certain people in inhabiting various power structures, politically speaking, that would love to see, uh, you know, this economy just ravish, you know, and see all kinds of deaths and blame it on Trump. They'd love to see the bodies pile up, you know. Geopolitically, uh, there's factions and there's geopolitical powers that would love to see this thing increase in some ways so they can get the levers of power, you know, and create a global government eventually. We know where this is all going. Listen to my message. I did COVID-19-666. I think that's one of the messages that helped us on, on our podcast get to number 32 a couple weeks ago. Uh, so these, there's a lot of things we need to be concerned about. Also keep in mind, you know, we used to always hear, you know, remember what it was? We wanna, we're, we're locking down, why? Because we want to make sure that the hospitals are not overburdened, burdened, that, that there's enough ventilators, that there's enough beds. Well, guess what? We're sending ventilators overseas now, you know? There's plenty of beds why are we still locked down? I'm not saying certain areas don't need to be more careful than others. But then you started hearing this. Well, we need to flatten the curve. We just got to flatten the curve. If we could just flatten the curve, well, now we flatten the curve. But they changed the narration. Now it's not, we need to flatten the curve. It's like, now we need to get a vaccine or we're all going to die. You know, we're gonna, it's just going to be, you know, we need a vaccine. And there's, this, there's these fear tactics and this panic that they're causing. And one of the first messages I gave when COVID-19, we were all told we had to lock down and be in the court under quarantine, was this isn't the end, you know. You had people in the secular world saying the sky is falling. You had Christians saying that this is the mark of the beast. You know, this is this horseman of the apocalypse. And I went and did a, a whole message on, hey, this isn't a particular horseman of the apocalypse yet because these other horsemen have to ride first. You know, I don't want to get into all the details. It's not the mark of the beast. Can the mark of the beast come out of technology and power and, and using these, the forces that are at work? And can that be part of it? No, pro, no doubt about that. It very likely could be part of it in the end. Could all be headed that way. So you keep your eyes open. But currently, right now, the Antichrist isn't sitting in the temple of God. The temple of God hasn't been rebuilt. You know, we have to wait for that to take place before you can sit in the temple of God. And the mark of the beast, there's an angel. I had somebody text me last, well, about three days ago. You know, Joe, can you see this vaccine as being the mark of the beast, you know? And I said, hey, no, you know, not until the temple's rebuilt. And the, when the mark of the beast comes out, we're told that an angel flies to the midheavens warning people not to take it. And when it's taken, it's taken to worship a man who's united all nations, people, and tongues, causing people to follow him. And the false prophet who empowers him, or I should say, calls people to worship and tells people to take his mark. And it's an act of worship of the Antichrist, Okay. So it'll be a lot clearer when it goes down. Now, if you're told you have to take a vaccine on your right hand or forehead, then I would get even, I'd get concerned. <laughs> then at that point, I'd say, okay, wait a minute. What's going on with the temple right now? You know? And uh, I don't think I would do that even because it's just probably too close for comfort, right? So, uh, but definitely, absolutely, you can't take the mark of the beast or you're doomed forever, amen? So, we need to cut things straight, though. We have to be very, very careful because I see what's happening right now. A lot, of, a lot of believers are watching conspiracy videos, and they're getting spun out to where they're just believing things because they hear them. 
And there may be a kernel of truth with a bunch of lies put together, and then it's like they believe the lies too. Don't do that. Don't just say something because you heard it on the internet. Okay, sometimes somebody's interpreted wrong as well, and then you take the wrong interpretation because they said something, but it's, the words are extrapolated upon. You have to be very careful right now. As Christians, we're called to be lovers of truth, amen? Love rejoices in the truth. If you peddle fabrications and things that are just half-truths, you're just like the world. Satan's the father of lies. Stick to God's word. Stick to his truth right now, amen? But keep your eyes on what's going on. Because there are people in power who, are, who have, have, have a power lust, you know? They have power lust. And many people that are in politics are in politics because they want to rule over people, you know? And many liberals are like this. Liberal politicians. That's why they love big government. They love to run every little aspect of your life and be your God. And a lot of liberals are humanists. And that means they look at humanity as God. And that's basically what humanism is. The Bible says, curses a man who puts his trust in flesh. Don't put your trust in government. Put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Put your trust in the one true God. Don't trust man. Okay? I'm thankful because of all the governments in the world, this is one of the, more, one of the best governments ever by far. Because, and we have a Bill of Rights. And, and, and we're, we're allowed, and we have the right of assembly to get together. And... Spiritual freedom. And right now, we are in a state, I'm in the state of California, and we have a governor who's very, very liberal. He's related to Nancy Pelosi. That says it right there, you know. And he was salivating when they asked him, and I brought this up a month ago because I was driving the car, listening to the news, and he was salivating when he was asked the question, don't you think this COVID-19 lockdown thing, don't you think this gives you opportunity to implement a lot of the plans that you otherwise would not be able to implement? And he said, oh, yeah, we're talking about that, you know, and, and we're excited about that. I'm like, oh, yeah, well, that's exactly what I expected of you guys. They want power. And it's interesting. And now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be gracious, but true. It's interesting that there's a four-step plan to reinstate our state, or four phases. Maybe there's more now. And opening the churches was designated for, like, the fourth phase, but retail stores and others could open up. And wait a minute, retail can open up, but you can't get together to assemble if you're practicing social distancing? In fact, I don't know if you know what just happened last day or two. The U.S. Department of Justice, the U.S. Department of Justice is challenging the so-called un or unequal treatment of faith communities. That's their words. And a letter was written by the U.S. Department of Justice to challenge the state of California because of the unequal treatment of faith communities regarding coronavirus reopening plan. They warned that continued restrictions of worship services threaten believers' civil rights to practice their faith. Isn't that interesting? Well, I'm appreciative of the Department of Justice there. And I quote now from the Assistant Attorney General not Barr, but his assistant, Assistant Attorney General Eric Draband of the Department of Civil Rights Division in a three-page letter sent to the California governor, Gavin Newsom, where the letter states, simply put, there is no pandemic exception to the U.S. Constitution and its Bill of Rights. Wow. Under Newsom's May 4th roadmap, Governor Newsom has his roadmap, and his, day, his, uh, his May 4th roadmap for opening the state back up, 
in-person religious services, as they're called, quote, unquote, will not be allowed until the third phase, I'm sorry, of his four-phase plan. So I'm sorry, it's the third phase, not the fourth, that that's allowed, okay? The plan lists houses of worship among, quote, higher-risk environments. You can understand that, especially if there's people in a building, you know, like sardines and so forth. So I want to use wisdom here. And we as Christians should be the most caring people about the welfare of other people and getting other people sick than anybody on earth. Amen? So it's also not be re- just rebellious for the sake of being rebellious. Got to watch that with a lot of professing Christians. They just want to sometimes just be rebellious. You know, we want to be wise. Okay? We want to take care. And, and f- if we're following Jesus and we're really Christians, we're going to Love the Lord our God with the whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. At least we're going to be seeking to, amen? And seek to love our neighbor as ourselves, amen? So we've got to be wise in this. However, I'm very grateful that they're being called out here. Because I said from the beginning, when the, when the quarantine was everybody, irrespective of your faith, who you were, unless it was actually essential needs for people to stay alive and food, and it wasn't targeting our Christian faith, I said we have to be wise here. And make sure that we're not spreading the pandemic or we're not even perceived to be spreading it among non-believers where you give Jesus a black eye, amen? But I said, well, if they start targeting our faith, it changes, it changes the whole narrative. Because I'm commanded by God and you're commanded by the Lord God as well to not forsake the assembling of yourselves together but gather together all the more as you say, see the day of Christ approaching, Okay? That's Hebrews 10, 25. Let me say it again. We're warned not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, but to gather together all the more as we see the day of Christ approaching. Now, obviously, if there's a communicable disease that's highly contagious, which this thing has proven to be, okay, and is incredibly deadly, which isn't nearly as deadly as they thought it was, but a number of people have died, Okay, and, if there, and there's debates one way or another as to whether the lockdowns have helped, whether they hindered it. We can look at Georgia, and we can look at Florida, whose rates weren't as strong, and they opened up, and all the liberals said, hey, look what's going to happen. They're going to spread it throughout the country again. What's gonna, and guess what? It didn't happen. Liberty University opened up sooner than they, and th- people were saying, Liberty University. You know, they started pointing the finger. Look what's going to happen at Liberty University. So far, I don't think they have one on on-campus member, whether a young person or an older person that got COVID-19. It's ruined their narrative. Now, if just one or two people got it, you can see it'd be all over the news all the time, but the, the, the mainstream media just shuts up about it. And you know, if you, if you watch the mainstream media and what they're saying, okay, it's just filled with lies. If you know the truth, I mean, it's like on the issues. Uh, it's always one-sided, okay? So you have to be saying God's word, you know? It's just pathetic how obvious it is. And one of the things I've told people, I said, you know what's one of, the, one of the good things that has come out of COVID-19 is millions of people who just take the mainstream media's word as gospel have now been able to see the news close up and have seen different narratives. And many of them come to an awareness that the mainstream media often peddle a pack of lies, okay? Now, it's interesting because the state is currently in the initial stages of phase two, that is the state of California. And it means that retail facilities and other businesses are allowed to begin operations with proper social distancing, okay? But the Department of Justice said that this, quote, differential treatment of religious worshipers is an unfair imposition of, unquote, constitutionally protected religious worship. 
Okay, remember, our founders are, say, the, the people that first came here, right, to this nation, came to escape tyranny. Tyranny that told them that they couldn't worship God the way they wanted to. So a lot of the founding of our nation is based upon the free exercise of religion. Quote, the Constitution calls for California to do more to accommodate religious worship. Now this is from the Justice Department in the three-page letter issued by the assistant to Barr to Gavin Newsom. Quote, the Constitution calls for California to do more to accommodate religious worship, including in stage two of the reopening plan. Wow. In other words, you guys are in violation of the right to assembly if you treat people with religious assemblies as though they're less than others who just open up retail stores, even if they're, uh, that are simply non, considered non-essential. Uh, the State Department, or I should say the Justice Department, also questioned Newsom's original orders that shut down the state to forbid in-person worship services from the beginning while allowing other retail service operations to remain open, quote, regardless of whether the product they are selling and shipping are life-preserving products or not, end quote. Quote, this is uh, Drebrand, or Drebrand, the assistant to the to bar, quote, religious gatherings may not be singled out for unequal treatment compared to other non-religious gatherings that have the same effect on the government's public health interest, absent the most compelling reasons. Wow, I'm, I was like, wow. It's nice when you have the federal government that's actually, you know, standing up for us to have the right to get together and worship God, amen? So we need to show some appreciation when there's reasons for appreciation. Because it's very easy for us to complain at times, right? So you need to be thankful and say, praise God. Although I continue to keep my eye on everyone, you know, uh, at the same time, because you never know where a lot of this is headed. So, uh, so what, what do we do here? So we show, we're thankful, we need to show appreciation. We also need to be wise at this time and realize that this thing is still out there even though the curve's been flattened and that we're getting some decreased numbers as far as not radically decreased, but to a degree, decreased numbers of COVID-19 spreading and people dying. We need to be thankful for that. We also need to realize our role as Christians, okay, that this thing does spread. And it spreads more. I just saw a study that just came out last day or two that showed that the, the, the surfaces that you're, everybody's concerned about, that's, that's very unlikely that you get it from services compared to from person to person. So that shows you more reason why the social distancing is pretty wise. Okay, this thing's very contagious. And that's a concern. So as Christians, we need to recognize what is our role to make sure that we don't affect somebody else. I have a mother. My mom is in her mid-80s. Okay, if someone's careless around other people, knowing that older people are dying of COVID-19 and they are careless about it, I'm saying, is that, that's not showing my dear mom love, you know, and I want to love my neighbors myself. There's older people in this fellowship that are dear to me, you know, that uh, all, any, everybody's dear to me, but the older people are especially dear in the way that they're more vulnerable and I don't want them to get infected of these diseases. So we need to be very, very careful and we don't want people outside the fellowship. They're created in God's image. We love them too, amen? Or they're not only our family members in our fellowship, but they're all around. So we need to show care. People in the African-American community, many of them are more susceptible 
to dying of COVID-19 than others. I was listening uh, or reading something by uh, Flores. He's the uh, coach of the Miami Dolphins, an African-American. He said he lost three close friends to COVID-19, okay? So if you don't take this seriously, you would probably take it seriously if you saw people, three close friends, die. That, you know, then you might say, okay, maybe I should be concerned about it. We need to show some concern too, okay? We can't, if you're a Christian, you follow Christ and you care for others, you love them, amen? And you, you go the extra mile. So how do these two things meet? How do these two things we're talking about meet, you know? On one hand, I'm, and if someone says, hey, you can't meet because you're a Christian, guess what? I'm getting together because I am a Christian. I'm going to keep continuing to meet, you know? Well, you'll be arrested. You'll be put in jail. You'll be put in prison. Well, then the Lord changed my ministry. I have a prison ministry now. You'll lose your head. Well, then I get to go see Jesus. Thank you, you know? Not that it'd be that easy, okay? I'd be missing my family and my brothers and sisters and everybody, you know? God give us grace and God give us strength, you know? But uh, I said before, in Christ, you are invincible, not you are invincible, but in Christ, because he's invincible, you are invincible. Just make sure you're in Jesus, because in Christ, neither height nor depth, nor principality nor power, right? Not, no, not any created thing, right, can separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. He's greater than all. Jesus says that he holds us in his hands, and the Father holds us in his hand, amen? And no one's able to pluck us, harpazo, out of his hand, Amen? If you're trusting Jesus and he's your Lord and Savior, you don't have to worry about uh, uh, height or depth or demon or Satan or, or man or anyone plucking you out of God's hands. All you have to do is continue to trust Jesus. Amen? Now, it's important to understand, guys, that the early church was known for taking care of the sick unlike anybody else. Being careful and concerned about those who we're diseased. Uh, and we as Christians, I said, we're known for standing for life. We're known for standing for babies. We're known for standing for the widows. We're known for standing for the, uh, the, the, the downtrodden. We're known, the Christians were the one that built the schools of the third, or the, the hospitals in the third world countries. We're the one that built the universities. Yale and Harvard and Princeton, all these universities that are now liberal, were built by Christians. And, and uh, we want to make sure that Christians are known, but Jesus said you'll be known for, by your love for one another, amen? We want to make sure we're known for our love, amen? You don't want Christians because Christians become the careless ones, and there is some kind of spike of this disease anywhere in the country because Christians are getting together, not caring, and not practicing, any, not being wise, right, about regard to social distancing when they do get together, and they infect other people to also be known for the opposite reason. I read to you a pagan emperor a documented, it's not from Christian history, it's from Roman history. The pagan emperor is complaining to a priest in a letter that the Christians are making the Roman Empire look bad because they care more for the elderly, or they care more for the sick, I'm sorry, and the infirm, which were often the elderly then as well, than we do. And the Christians are going out of their way to take care of them. And he was chastening this priest, how the Christians are making us look bad. Well, guess what? That's what I'd want to look like. That's the kind of things I'd want to be blamed for, Amen. Not spreading COVID-19 because I'm a rebel, you know? So I want to be wise. So if I have to honker down because it's because of COVID-19, they're concerned and it's a fair policy, I'm going to be wise and I'm going to try to, I'm going to, try to obey the law, okay? Not going to be perfect at it, but I'm going to try to obey it, okay? There might be some time I step too close to you in line, okay? 
Or I have an extra person that comes over my house for counseling and there's already a few people there because I minister to people, but I keep my distance or because we're doing something to get the gospel out or something like that. But I try to be, I, I try to obey it when I can, you know? Sometimes it's like, you know, I admit, you know, I've done the elbow thing, you know? I remember Pence did that and they got all on him. I can't believe he did that. You know, and they were all just tested and everything. I was like, this is pathetic, you know, where's this end? So I'm not saying that I've been perfect at it. I, I haven't, but I try, you know. Uh, there's not a bunch of people here right now, but guess what? You tell me I can't meet together and you single my faith out, then you have another thing coming because now you're attacking my faith. And I'm going to put my Jesus before your command any day of the week. The apostles, remember, in the book of Acts, they were flogged. They were whipped. They were told, don't you dare go sharing that gospel anymore. And guess what? They went right back into the town that they were flogged for sharing the gospel. And they said, better to obey God than man. Right? And instead of whining that they were being persecuted, it says they rejoiced because they were kind of worthy to suffer for Jesus' name. Amen? That's true Christianity. Okay? So how do we, we've got to be wise as we, we go through this. And we want to make sure that the, the pagans look at us and say they're exemplary in their examples. You don't want to give the non-believers fodder that's actually legitimate. If you suffer, the scriptures tell us, you better suffer because you're doing right, not because you're doing evil. In fact, listen to what Peter says in 1 Peter 3, 17, 3, 13, 3, 17. Who is there to harm you if you prove zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for the sake of righteousness, you are blessed. And do not fear their intimidation and do not be troubled, but sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks of you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. And keep a good conscience so that in the thing in which you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ will be put to shame. You catch that? So your good behavior should be what puts them to shame, not careless behavior. Verse 17, for it is better if God, if God will it for it is better, if God will it so, that you suffer for doing what is right rather than for doing what is wrong. Okay? This is very important. If you're a Christian, you should not be suffering for doing evil. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal or trial among you, which comes upon you for your testing, as though some strange thing were happening to you. But to the, to the degree that you share in the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing. So that also at the revelation of his glory, you may be rejoice with exaltation. In other words, when he comes back, you can keep on rejoicing with exaltation, right? If you are reviled for the name of Christ, so if you're suffering for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. I love that. In fact, I had a brother quote that verse to me while he was getting punched. He says, if you are, he's getting punched because the name of Jesus if you are reviled for the name of Christ, you are blessed because of the spirit of glory and God rests on you. And that's when we were witnessing in Israel and we were sharing the gospel and we've 
great opportunities with Ted and Linda Walker and a lot of great people that love Jesus. And we went to Ben Yehuda Street and we were sharing the gospel. And I was sharing with a brother that I met earlier that day. And I told him, hey, we're going out witnessing if you want to go street witnessing with us, you know. And he was working at the Bible Society bookstore and he was so happy. He said, man, so many Christians come to this bookstore and they buy books, but they never, they, they forget that there's people dying all around them and nobody witnesses out here hardly. And I was like, well, we do. You know, that's what we're here for. We want to see the sites. We want to have a tour. We want to see the Holy Land and we want, you know, want to see people's faith to grow and all that. But man, we want to see Jews, Jewish people saved, you know. So he met, met with me and we were met, witnessing to a guy that I had been witnessing to a couple days before. And this was a Jewish Hasidic kid who was going through the Jewish schools, right? And he was open last time I talked to him. I was using typology, pictures of Jesus in the Old Testament. He was, in, he was tripping out, seeing Jesus all over the Old Testament, you know? And he was open again. He came back. He said, oh. And there was another place. that wasn't in Ben Yehuda Street where I saw him the first time. I was like, ooh, there's that guy again. And I, I was like, Lord, open his eyes. And this brother, who's a Jewish brother, speaks Hebrews talking to him as well. And then before we knew it, I wasn't going to get into the story, it's not in my notes, but this was an example of this verse. Five or ten people, and it would be like ten or twelve, but walkie-talkies, anti-missionaries, right? Coming against Orthodox Jews who, who hate the gospel of Jesus Christ and are blinded. And then the veil is over them, you know? Started just in on this guy and me. I was doing a lot of sharing, and he was as well. But he was talking to them because... They were speaking Hebrew. I couldn't understand everything they were saying. And he, they're telling him that you better stop talking to this guy. That was one of their Hasidic or Orthodox Jews. We're in the same, all the same, you know, deal. You know? And, and as I'm sharing with this guy, the guy said, no more. Well, they're talking. They got carried away. So I asked the guy to come aside because, man, he was on the hook. He was almost on the boat, you know. And I was like, I'm going to go, go for it, man. And I kept sharing with him. Then my buddy, the Jewish guy, is like, Joe, don't do it. I thought, okay, I don't want to, you know, go too far. He, they're speaking Hebrew. I don't know what's all happening here. And then he says, we got to get out of here. And we took off walking through Ben Yehuda Street. If you witness with us when we go street witnessing from time to time on 3rd Street Promenade, uh, we used to go more there still uh, from time to time. Uh, it's a crowded street, Ben Yehuda. It was really crowded. And you know what they were doing? Particularly the one bigger guy that was confronting him with the, and they all have these, you know, walkie-talkies to stay in touch with each other. They starts hitting him in the shoulder really hard as we're walking over and over again. And you know, I know if you're suffering for Christ's sake, you got to take it, right? Unless you could flee. Jesus fled. Apostles fled at times. And we're just walking. But you know what? I'm not getting hit, but I'm feeling for him. And then there's a bunch of these guys surrounding us as we're walking, and then I just stopped and I said, hey, stop it, you know? And we, they all stopped. And you know what he said to me? This brother was getting hit. He said, Joe, he goes, Joe, we're blessed. We're blessed, you know? And he had this verse in mind. If you're reviled for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Or he had Jesus saying, blessed are you when you're persecuted for my namesake, amen? But he had these types of scriptures on his heart and on his mind and, uh, and he, I want to make sure I didn't get in the flesh, you know? And it was easier for them to hit him than me because guess what? I'm a Gentile. I'm the goyim. I came from another, I came from the United States, you know? They don't want the bad publicity, but he's a fellow Jew, so they can hammer on him. They kept hitting him, you know? A little bit later, one of them picked up a big old uh, block, 
you know? Uh, and he wanted to stone us to death. And that worked out. Some of you heard that story before. And it's like, well, how did you get away? Well, they stopped him from doing that, but they kept following us. And we just went into what's called the Muslim quarter. Started walking through the Muslim quarter, and they just stopped. I thought, I never thought I'd be happy to walk through the Muslim quarter, you know. And they stopped like they hit a brick wall, you know, because they couldn't chase us down anymore, you know. And it's like, but you guys, I want to suffer from sharing the gospel, not from irresponsibly spreading a disease and causing an old person to die. Amen? Well, I'm not doing that. I'm being very careful. Praise God, I'm not talking to you then. I'm just saying, be wise right now. And even if you don't, you have to make sure that you're not perceived as doing that. You know what I'm saying? And you can't please everybody, so I'm not talking about pleasing your next door neighbor who's just, you should never leave the house. I mean, it's hard. I'm just saying, be wise, be prayerful. And let's not all judge each other as how we all respond to this, amen? I'm just telling us we gotta be careful, okay? Somebody might draw a line here. 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 Okay? But don't become self-righteous like I have the perfect line. Because none of us are really experts that know exactly what's going on with this disease. When you pretend that you know exactly how it all works and exactly how it's going, you know more than all the scientists and so forth, you're pretending. We don't know. And I said before, it's like predicting the weather. You don't know. Predicting COVID-19 is harder than predicting the weather, okay? Now we can say, hey, the curve is there. It looks like it's going downhill. And based on what they're saying in leadership, they should be owning up to their words and following what they were saying, that they were going to shut or open up and up after, you know, the danger has subsided. So we're expecting and we're thankful for the Justice Department, the words I just quoted to Gavin Newsom, the California governor. So yeah, there's these general things that I think people need to be consistent with what they're saying. But at the same time, on a personal level, let's try to be wise, try to be careful, you know? Uh, and let's not judge each other because your line's a little bit tighter or looser than somebody else's line. Some people have really loose lines. Just be careful you're not gonna infect anybody or get infected because you have loose lines and not know it and bring it back to grandma. Or to somebody else who has a grandma. You gotta be somewhat careful here, okay? But at the same time, whether you're a little looser in your view or tighter in your view, we need to love one another, amen? It's the stupidest reason in the world to divide from brothers and sisters in Christ. How, how much, what does that say about your faith if you divide over something like this, amen? Because if you're in the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ, that means the love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit's in your life. And that means you're a lover of souls and you love your brothers and sisters and you're quick to forgive and encourage one another. Okay? So he goes on to say, make sure none of you suffers as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or a troublesome meddler. Don't suffer for that. Okay? But if anyone suffers as a Christian, he is not to be ashamed but is to glorify God in this name. For it is time for judgment to begin with the household of God. Judgment starts with the household of God, okay? And if it begins with us first, what will be the outcome of those who do not obey the gospel of God? And it is with difficulty, and if it is with difficulty, and if it is with difficulty that the righteous is saved, wow, what will become of the godless man and the sinner? We need to make sure we realize the godless man, the sinner, judgment starts with the house of God, the believers. And if, and if the righteous are scarcely saved or barely saved, you know, what's going to be the outcome of the wicked and the godless men? We need to realize we're still on this mission and we need to bring as many with us as possible because we once were the godless men and women before Jesus saved us, amen, and we've been saved by his grace. 
Verse 19, therefore, those also who suffer according to the will of God shall entrust their souls to a faithful creator in doing what is right. Yes, right there it says you can suffer in accord with God's will. So much for those who say that Christians shouldn't suffer. No. We follow Jesus' example. First Peter chapter 2, I quoted from 3 and 4. I could go to chapter 2 where it says Jesus has left us as an example. He was reviled, but he didn't revile back. And that word example is used, I've said before, of tracing paper. We're supposed to trace Jesus' life as it applies to us and follow his example. Now, we have a, uh, some minutes left here, and I want to uh, begin to lift some people up in prayer. This went quick. It's already 12 after 8 according to these clocks. And praise God forever synced up these clocks, man. Yeah, that would be great. They're going to bring me some prayer requests up here. And I appreciate you guys, you know, leaving some prayer requests. And we want to keep, and I know I, I mentioned uh, them in prayer, but we want to continue also to keep praying for uh, Sue. Thank you very much, Jonathan. Okay, thank you. Okay. Uh, a brother named Kevin wants prayer uh, for his relationship with his wife and family and dad with Alzheimer's. Uh, my dad didn't have Alzheimer's, but he died last year, but he had some senility set in, memory loss and so forth. Uh, and that's very, very hard to deal with. So let's pray for that. Uh, Mary wants prayer for those struggling with uh, depression and alcohol abuse. Amen. And that's a lot of that going on right now, probably in the millions, guys. Amen. Javen wants a prayer for a friend named Andrew with cancer who's only in his 30s and his wife uh, uh, so uh, they could have their, her fourth, uh, she's going to have her fourth C-section. Wow. Dan wants prayer for Len, his brother, who lost his vision uh, in his left eye. That's rough. Start to, I had a dream one time, and as I was awake, just before I woke up, I, I, I was going blind in both eyes. And I woke up, I was like, I, it gives you a little, a little idea when you go through it in a dream sometimes, what somebody goes through in real life, you're like, ooh, that's scary, man, to just lose your vision. But even in your left eye, that would be a bummer. Rochelle, sister in Christ, uh, sister in Christ needs wisdom and strength, okay? Uh, let's pray for charity. Max, pray for his cousin and family to know the Lord Jesus Christ, amen? And I'm sure there's some other prayer requests that came up there or are coming up right now. So let's pray for all of these folks collectively, and let's also pray for others who are going through things like them, and also for all of our brothers and sisters in Christ, amen? Father God, we come into your presence with praise and thanksgiving, Father. Father, you say in your word that a holy man of God should be lifting up their hands everywhere, Father, uh, with prayer, making their requests known to you, Lord. We, we lift our, our hearts up before you, many of us our hands as well, and surrender. We pray right now, Father, for each and every one of the needs that I just read off. They don't need to be repeated to you, Lord. You saw them when they were written down. Uh, you, <laughs> you heard me read them, Lord, but you know what they are. So we lift each and every request before your throne that was lifted up, including not only those who had the specific needs, Father, but as one sister shares, the, 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 the people that are depressed and struggling with alcohol abuse, which is probably in the millions, Lord, we pray, Father, uh, for those who are abusing drugs right now, those who are abusing other people right now, those who are abusing alcohol right now, uh, those who are abusing themselves right now. We pray, Father, in your son's name that you would reach down upon them 
And we know we have not because we ask not, Lord. And we know the effective prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So we pray right now. We pray that you'd reach in your, your hand into so many lives right now, as many as possible, that are suffering, that are blinded, and that, uh, that you would touch them by your Holy Spirit, that you'd speak to them, Lord, that you'd rebuke them if they're in the midst of doing harm, Father, and that you'd encourage them in the way of righteousness, Father. We pray, Father, in your Son's name, that you'd give them dreams, Father, or visions, whatever it takes to move upon them, to warn them, that they'd hear the voice of your Holy Spirit speak to them, Father, that you'd use your creation, Father, that you'd use your providence, Father, that you'd use your envoys, Father, that you'd use brothers and sisters in Christ, Father, to reach into their lives that they may be in contact with or they are to be in contact with because of divine appointments, Father. We lift all these people up to you around the world, and we thank you, Father, that we have your promise that you enlighten the heart of everyone that comes into the world, Father. We thank you that we have your promise, Father, that your eyes go to and fro throughout the earth looking for those you can strengthen. We thank you that you have your promise, Lord, that, that you love us, Father, that you care for us, that the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared unto all men. Father, we thank you that we know your spirit longs for those who will worship you in spirit of truth. And we pray that your Holy Spirit would convict people of sin and of righteousness and of judgment and that they would be convicted in such a way where they recognize they are spiritually bankrupt, that they're hopeless, that they see the ugliness and the stench of their sin, but they wouldn't be so overjoyed, over-sorrowed that they'd kill themselves or do something horrific, but that they fall before you and say, God, have mercy on me. And they'd find the precious blood of Jesus Christ and be saved through his precious blood, Father. And we pray, Father, for those who are struggling in their marriage relationships or in family relationships that, that were listed and the others that are going through the same thing, Father, we pray that you would, you would build family relationships right now. Daughters and, and children, children and daughters, or children and parents, I should say, uh, moms and daughters and daughters and, and moms and dads and, and sons and sons and dads and moms and dads and all their kids, Lord. We pray in your son's name that you would do wonderful things in the family right now. We pray that our brothers and sisters in Christ, even as Paul and Silas, when they were locked down in prison, didn't just moan and complain and say, what is to be over with? They praised you. They sang songs. And then you opened up the prison doors, Father. May we find time to praise you and worship you during, during this time. May we look at it as an opportunity to get closer to you, Father. And we pray, Father, for those who are in Christ, that they would develop deeper relationships with their loved ones, Father. We pray for husband and wife relationships, that they'd have times of prayer together, that they'd have times of your word together, that they take advantage of this time right now to spend more time with you as couples, Father. I pray, Father, for husbands who are estranged from their wives, wives who are estranged from their husbands, Father, that you'd bring them back together again, that you'd bring forgiveness, Father, that you'd bring repentance wherever it's needed so there could be repentance in such a way, a metanoia, change of heart, change of mind, where there's visible changes of behavior. And I pray, Father, that you'd bring reconciliation, Father, and couples would be able to seek you together again, and they'd be able to have an intimacy that's in Christ, and that would overflow to joy, Father. I pray, Father, for any sister or any brother, Father, who's holding a harsh or a hardness of heart, Father, unforgiveness, not giving the other person an opportunity, that you'd help them give opportunity, Father. But I also pray that whoever's been wrong in whatever relationship, that there would be true repentance so that opportunity would not be in vain or even harmful. But I pray that there'd be true repentance in every case. And Father God, we pray, Father, for those who have Alzheimer's, for those who are dealing with uh, age issues, for those who are dealing with cancers, Father, for those who are dealing with uh, diabetes, Father, for those who are dealing with uh, uh, mental illness, for those who are dealing with a myriad of problems, Father, you know them all. We pray, Father, that you would reach out to them in grace and love and minister to them, Father. We pray for our sister Lola in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you so much for her, Father. And we pray as a fellowship that you'd extend your hand, Lord, and that you'd minister radically to her and that you would heal her, Father. 
that you bring more healing again, total healing, Father, irreversible healing in this area, Lord, and that you'd be with Chuck and that you'd encourage him at this time as well, that you'd be the strength of his life, that you strengthen Lola. We thank you, Father. I've been listening to her on the Good Fight Radio Network and some of the praise songs. I thought, wow, being blessed by Lola right now, and she's going through so much, and such a reminder to pray, pray for her, Father. Father, we pray for Sue Kelly, Lord, and... uh. It was so hard talking to her, not being able to hear her talk back today and uh, knowing that these are her last hours, it looks like, Father. So we pray that you'd either physically, totally do a radical, miraculous healing or, Father, that you would take her in the perfect time and that, that we, we, she loves you so much, Father. Her faith, her love for you has always been such an encouragement to me as, as, as well as her husband, Don's. We pray that you'd be with Don that you'd be with Sue and you'd be with Don at her bedside right now in the hospital. And as she wears this ventilator and, and, and struggles, Father, we pray at the right time, if it's not your will to heal her, Father, we pray that she'd be received by your open arms and into glory and be able to rejoice and that Don would realize that she is indeed in unspeakable glory, full of joy, and that you comfort him and I know his close relationship with her, Father, that he would find a deeper and deeper relationship with you and that the enemy wouldn't be able to use this in his life to cause him to go left or the right, but that he'd press on to Jesus, knowing that we're all headed there. We're following him until the end. Father God, we love you. We pray, Father, that you give us wisdom in regard to when and how to meet in the future. And as the elders and I work on a plan to get back together, with or without the sanction of man, Father, we pray that you would... Uh, help us to do it with the care of others in mind, but also the care of the flock to your eternal glory and obedience to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I just want to share with you for a couple minutes as we end here that uh, we have had plans before the Justice Department. I've been uh, submitting some things to the elders to pray about regarding us getting together. And we have, you know, praise God, we do have what a lot of churches don't have. We have the live stream going on, and not just live stream. We have what a lot of churches don't have. We have several messages throughout the week through the podcast, uh, Wednesday, Sunday. That's six messages right there. You add in 511 News, or seven there. And we have a very active fellowship where people encourage one another. Uh, you don't have to be lonely, you know. Uh, you could be in fellowship with other believers, uh, uh, you could be on the live stream, you know, talking to other people, encouraging one another. You could be on the phone with other brothers and sisters. But that's not quite the same as being in fellowship. So I talked to the elders about a couple different plans to consider. So what we're considering doing, now we're going to wait because Newsom had said a week ago that on June 1st here in the state of California, which is now just over a week away, right? He said on June 1st, they're going to be opening sporting sta sta uh, sports stadiums without any fans, you know? And that's what they're targeting. They're, they're talking about that right now. I don't know if it's 100% yet, but that's what he said. And he said, and we're also talking about opening church, the churches again around the same time. Now, that could be legitimate, or that could be him saying that and throwing Christians a bone, right? I don't know. Or it could be sincere, and it may change. I don't know. So the elders and I, we said, okay, let's wait to see his announcement at the end of this week, what he says, okay? If he says, hey, the church is opening back up and we can practice social distancing like 
a lot of the retail stores and so forth. Praise God, we'll do that. If we have to have five services here to have proper social distancing, we'll do that. Whatever the Lord calls me to, okay? However, if he says, well, we want churches to stay shut down for the remainder of the summer, well, guess what? Then we're going to be started. Then we're going to meet in several groups of 10 uh, at parks, wherever. And, it, whether, and, and first of all, we'll have everybody sign up. We have a plan. We'll have everybody sign up. And we've checked with the park services. They said only seven. The police say 10, okay? And when it was bounced off the park services, well, the police were saying 10. They said, well, you can go with the 10 number, I guess, then. So uh, we'll get together. And we'll get together groups of 10 with whoever signed up at different parks. We'll let you, you know, have everybody sign up. And then we'll get together these different parks. And we'll still do, for instance, Sunday morning service, live stream. We're getting the word together, you know, from, you know, uh, until like 1130, which we've been doing. But then at noon, you could go to a park that's near you. If, if this happens, we're going to see. We don't want to see what happens. Because we're going to get together, okay? We're planning on getting together. So... We'll get together at different parks in groups of 10, and each person will have, so and there'll be a song or two if there's a worship leader. I don't know if, if, if there's like 20 groups. <laughs> we won't have enough people to lead worship, but we'll see what happens uh, depending on how many people show up. But what we can do is uh, have a song or two, even if it's a cappella. You know, I always need a guitar. I can whip out my guitar. I'm a little rusty. But um, then what we'll do is have a uh, short time of prayer, a little, t- little bit of prayer time. Amen. Then maybe a 20-minute message, just an encouraging message, because we've already had the live stream, and it's out in the sun, it'll be in, or maybe there's some shade trees, depending on the park you're at. Then there'll be a, a message and, and encouragement in the Word. That might be 20 minutes, it might be a half an hour. might get a little bit longer as it goes on. We'll see how this goes, you know. And, uh, and perhaps we'll see. Perhaps we'll start having communion, too. You'd bring your own communion, you know, at that, at that thing as well. We'll see. We're, 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 in, we're in flux right now. We're praying about it. But uh, the elders, all of us seem to feel it's a good idea. And uh, to go forward, we've been praying and seeking the Lord on how to be wise about this, how to get together and still be a witness. And we'll be practicing our social distancing, so-called, you know. Uh, you know, it's kind of interesting. In the Bible, the Bible talks about quarantine, although quarantine the people that were sick, not everybody. It's kind of interesting. And the Jew- Jewish customs and laws that were based on those laws long before we've been doing this, they had people distancing six feet apart. Interesting. So we think we're so advanced right now in our knowledge. Actually, guess what? God was way before every, all these guys, you know. Anyway, but uh, we'll be wise, and we'll go forward with wisdom. Uh, people are already allowed to meet in groups of 10. They haven't been coming down on them from what I've been uh, hearing and reading. So I just want to encourage you guys along those lines. Pray about that. That Pray for us that we make the right decisions, amen, and, and that we fear God. And yeah, the Bible says also to fear the king and to obey the governing authorities that God set in place. Amen. And we will contradict those governing authorities when they contradict what God tells us to do. And right now, there's a little flux going on. We've got the DOJ talking to our governor. So we're, we're planning, okay, let's see what, how he responds. And if he doesn't respond well, then we'll start getting together. And by the way, that's just the beginning. It, it may mutate. It may change totally. It may be like, hey, guys, we're getting together. And we're all just going to do social distancing in the assembly at a certain point, you know. Although a lot of people are looking forward to that. I mentioned to you to get together in parks and small groups would be pretty exciting. And a great way to be a witness for Christ, amen. Unless we're all kissing on each other, saying hi, you know, got to be careful. 
I love you guys. And Father, I pray you bless all my brothers and sisters in Christ. I thank you for each and every one of them. And I know many people that are watching and listening, Father, are in different places. And I just pray in your son's name that by your spirit that you would guide them in their particular situation to just continue to trust you, to be a light. And I thank you that you've united us together with them in one heart and one spirit in Christ as we follow the same Lord, our King of kings, our Lord of lords, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the ending, the first and the last. And we thank you, Father, and we await the revelation of your son unto eternal glory, and may we continue to suffer for doing what's right and never, for, never suffer for, the, for doing what's wrong. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.